Welcome back to Streamcatchers, folks. It's your boy, A.B. I thought Captain America was on the moon. What's <laughs> up, everybody? I'm Jack. How you doing? Oh, man. Welcome back, guys. Uh, episode six of The Pod and Falcon Winter Soldier, the season finale. Uh, Jack, what did you think of the show, or at least the episode? I was very, very entertained. We got a lot of good fights, and... Uh, I think it's everything that I wanted, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I said early on, and, and I keep saying that I, I wish that uh, we could see Bucky with the shield, but, I mean, this was just a fantastic finale all around. I thought everybody had, uh, you know, some good good endings to their stories, and uh, I can't wait to talk about them. Same, yeah. I, I mean, I thought the episode was really, really well done. I thought that just from an action standpoint, um, character moments – like you said, everyone's story seemingly got wrapped up a bit. Um, really did a great job at solidifying Sam as Captain America. It gave him some yeah. to really show the leadership role he's taken on and, and, and that mantle by itself, too. Um, just I thought it was really well done. And, and, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it, too. So He earned it. He earned his title, for sure. He did, yeah. And, you know, I guess to just sort of – dive right into it you know the episode picks up right where episode five leaves off right right at that grc meeting or whatever it was mm -hmm. and uh bucky shows up sharon shows up and then we get those faraway shots of <laughs> flying overhead and they're sort of teasing it a bit and then throws the shield right into the window flies in gets his like Oh, moment. And he gets this huge, huge heroic moment. Yeah. Yeah. There was a variant of, of Steve Rogers' Cap's theme playing as he sort of comes in. So it's like his own Captain America. Oh, nice. I didn't pick up on that. Nice spot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. So it, it, I, I thought that was great. He, the suit, what do you think of the suit? I thought the suit looks great. What do you think? It was really cool. It's, it's always super impressive to see something that's so comic book accurate and not come across as cheesy on screen. Um, I think that it's, I have mixed feelings about it. it. I don't think it's totally cheesy. I think it's, I think around his, his ears and his head is a little weird. Um, but as far as like color scheme, uh, it's, it's perfect. Um, it looks like the same like material that Steve Rogers' suit was made of. Yeah. Um, as far as like the, not, you know, not the, what I'm going to assume is vibranium, not the metal uh, aspect, but the material on his, on his chest and legs and stuff. I, I think that it looks a lot like Steve's suit. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. But yeah, something about, um, I don't know, just the way that the shapes around his head and has his ear out is a little strange to me. It's nitpicky. I, I love the suit. Don't get me wrong. But if I, if I had to say something that throws me off, it, it would be that. That was a little, little weird. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I guess I didn't really pick up on that. I, uh, I, yeah, it is a little weird to have this like mask thing that's not really protecting the top of his head. I mean, yeah, but it's a little is a little weird. But I don't know. I, I again, like to echo what you said, a very comic accurate suit that just looks great, right? It doesn't look cheesy at all, um, and and just blends well with the whole presentation that they're going for. I thought it was. I thought it was great. And honestly, if I'm being hypercritical of, of costumes, I always think that uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, looked better without, with, it, with his helmet off. I agree. I think that that was one of my nitpicks with the first Avengers movie. They went mm -hmm. for the comic accurate 
Steve Rogers, Captain America, minus the sequins, but they, right. <laughs> the, it just, it was a little, uh, it was a little goofy. I thought. Yeah. But that's all right. Uh, but yeah, they, again, they don't right into it and you get him in bad track right off the bat, which I didn't think we would right off mm-hmm. the bat. But I mean, let's talk about that fight for a second. Yeah. Showcase for, for Sam with the shield. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool shield moments. Uh, they, they did a really good job of all of his, um, you know, throwing it into the air and then catching it. That was super cool. Um, you know, I don't think that uh, I had a lot of notes about a lot of cool stuff that, uh, that Sam did, but I, I don't think they take place during this fight. So I'm trying not to, to say them. Um, but yeah, he, he does a cool thing. Steps on the shield, hits him, you know, as a like shield uppercut, nails oh, him yeah. in the jaw. <laughs> that was very cool. And, uh, you know, uh, George St. Pierre, I mean, he's, he's, he's a fantastic, uh, you know, fighter. Yeah. So uh, watching him do his, uh, he's, he's like really big into kickboxing. I think I, all of his kicks were really good. Yeah. His MMA background, obviously, I mean, I'm not a, uh, a big MMA fan or aficionado by any means, but obviously he's one of those names, at least from way back in the day that people would always look to. Um, but yeah, he, yeah. he fits right in uh, as in terms, at least in terms of like fighting and he, mm-hmm. uh, he played the part well too. So yeah, shout out to GSP and, and his portrayal for Batrock. Um, yeah. yeah. Every time, every time he gets to have a fight on, on scene or on screen, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be action packed and, and look really good. Of course. Yeah. And I, and again, it's sort of just echo what I, I said a bit ago, it was a good sort of, um, way to showcase how Sam has grown as a fighter, you know, in the past he, he can hold his own, but you know, it was always just secondary, almost maybe even, you know, I don't want to say C tier hero, but not a God, not a super soldier, nothing like that. Right. Didn't have an iron suit. Whereas now it's, it's, this is, this is showing him going toe to toe with someone that went toe to toe with Steve Rogers back in Cap Winter Soldier. So again, just another really good example of, of how Sam has grown as a hero and uh, as a, I guess, as a fighter, just to put it simply. Right. We, we get to see, you know, the, the fruits of his labor, you know, the, the result of all his training in the last episode. That training montage did not go to waste. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while that was, uh, while that was going on, we see a little bit of, of, uh, of Bucky and Sharon, who we will get to in a second. Um, mm-hmm. Did you, did, there was a, a thing I caught, I don't know if you caught it, uh, that green little ball that emitted smoke. What about did you, it? Did you get Green Goblin vibes on that thing? Because I did. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even think about it. Oh, uh, that was the first thing I thought about was like, that's very Green Goblin right there. Not yeah, kind of. I don't know that we're ever going to get him in the MCU, maybe. But, um, you know, I don't know if that was just like a nod or just a, this is me being a nerd about those things. But I thought that was Well, cool. I think... It, I, I think it depends on how much they want to dive into uh, Spider-Man lore in the future of the MCU. I mean, I know that we're already, you know, you know, at the time of this recording, it's 2021. We've got two Spider-Man movies in the MCU and we've got one on the horizon. Um, and I know that Marvel has been, they typically do three movies for a character. I hope that they break. I mean, obviously they're going to break that because, you know, they've already announced Captain America four, even though it's a different character, it is still a fourth one. And we've got four Avengers movies. So, you know, Tom Holland loves being Spider-Man. So we, we might see all kinds of different Spider-Man villains in the future. It just came out actually, um, 
I think a week-ish ago, at least I guess you said in this recording, uh, Marvel and, uh, and uh, Sony came to a deal where they can put the Spider-Man movies on Disney Plus after their run on Netflix, because Netflix came with, to a deal with Sony as well, where Spider-Man movies will pop up on Netflix a few months after they come out in theaters, and then the older ones, going all the way back to Tobey Maguire, those will be on Netflix, to my understanding. But those will also end up being on Disney Plus. Um, right on, so, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that might be something that we see where Sony is a little bit more lenient in allowing Marvel to use some of those Spider-Man characters as they own them. Um, you know, we've seen them share Spider-Man, but obviously with a lot of rumors of, well, not rumors. I mean, Edward Molina has confirmed to be Doc Ock in the new Spider-Man right. movie. Um, um, Jamie Foxx will be Electro in the new Spider-Man movie. Wild. Could be seeing some uh, multiverse action there, but that was just like this little thing that I saw that maybe, because th they had the little claw thing that attached to the back of the truck that had eight arms. Yeah. It gave me some Doc Ock vibes. So, huh. wow, you picked up on, on, on a lot of Spider-Man villain vibes that I, I didn't even see. <laughs> I'm a Spider-Man nerd. I don't know. So anytime I oh, get man. a the thing for Spider-Man, it's like, yeah, I want it. I want all of it. Very uh, cool. Yeah, we'll see though. We'll see. Well, back to the back of the action. We get the the return of the 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 I don't know what you call it, the shape shifting mask thing that Sharon was wearing. Yeah, I wrote that we down. see that in uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier with, uh, I believe it's uh, Black Widow who uses that to yeah. kind of infiltrate the the government. I can't remember. I, my Shield. memory's a little Shield. foggy on that. Oh yeah, it was Shield. That's right. That's right. Hydra. Hydra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a really cool touch because yeah, you see that person and it's like, uh oh, what's what's happening and oh <laughs> yeah that was a cool little moment for sure um bucky man i i wanted to talk a little bit about bucky um i don't know i you know he's been redeemed right he's had his moments um throughout the, this show and then in movies mm -hmm. uh, but i i really like that spot where he's saving the the folks in the truck where Morgenthau says we need a distraction, give him somebody to save. And he didn't even, he didn't even hesitate. And not that right. he would have. I just think it was another cool moment to show his growth and really solidify him. This guy is a hero. He is not just like a guy that has powers that is Steve's friend. He is a true hero now. And even you even get that, that moment where he's falling and he gets the heroic landing. Mm -hmm. He is, he's, he's in it now. Well, I think even uh, it, it's a little role reversal, right? Because I believe if, if my memory serves, he used that same, you know, give him somebody to save tactic to get away from Steve in yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And now he's on the other side of that. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I, again, he would have done the right thing at, that, at this point, but it was just like a cool moment for me, at least to say his character has really come around and, you know, the show really focused on Sam's growth, but there was a lot of growth for him as well. We'll get to that in a minute, but I, I just like that scene a lot. I hope that, uh, and I haven't been too uh, into the, the news about um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I, I believe they are planning season two, or they're at least talking about season two. And think, uh, if, if, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the intention was one season. They said that mm -hmm. they were open to doing two, depending on, Re you know, reaction reception what, what have you yeah 
I don't know. Given that we have the announcement for Cap 4, I think that's going to be Season 2. I don't know that we're going to get Season 2. But Honestly, I mean, I, I'd rather have the movie than another season of the show myself. I would, too. I would, too. But you were going to say something? Uh, I just hope that, uh, you know, if they do do a Season 2 or, you know, if it's Captain America 4 that we, you know, see them uh, together next time, I, I hope that they dive more into uh, Bucky's world rather than would, Sam's. I would not be opposed to uh, more exploration under upon Bucky. I think that, uh, I, I mean, I've always been into that character ever since Cap 2. Um, the, the more we can get for Bucky, the better. I mean, you never know. Maybe we see him pop up in Black Panther 2 next year. Yeah, well, that'd be, hey, that'd be sweet. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Um, speaking of redemption. Yes. John, John Walker. Morgan <laughs> Yeah. Good for I, him, uh, man. I mean, I, I didn't see it coming. I, I did not see a redemption arc, uh, you know, in his in his uh, his character. I didn't think that was I didn't think that was going to happen. I had it wrong, man. I thought that it was going to be the opposite. I thought that Carly was going to get redeemed through death, and that more that uh, John was going to end up being sort of the, the villain that they'd have to stop. That was just kind of how they were writing it. It seemed, you know, he snaps. Mm-hmm. He had become a little unhinged. There was some ambiguity on on what Val was. Was she good or bad? Um, but yeah, I, I can't say that I'm upset about it. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're, you know, if they are setting the stage for the Dark Avengers, I think they're doing a really good job. Because I think that Val is, I think it's very easy to paint Val as a villain just because of the way that she looks, the way that she talks, all these things, you know. She's, she's, she's backing somebody that we believed to be a villain. But, you know, after this episode, it is a lot more ambiguous, and I dig it. I, I agree. I agree completely. I, I think I'm with you on the potential Dark Avengers, maybe Thunderbolts. I've seen people throw that around, too. Same. Uh, uh, I th- you know, for me, it might have just been my speculation on, on Power Broker. Who is it? Is it Val? You know, so I thought maybe she was tied to that. I don't think that that's the case at all. I think that she is her own thing, maybe even with um, Thunderbolt Ross, people speculate, um, hmm. or if she's just her own thing and, and her own entity, maybe she's tied with Sword. Who knows? Um, yeah. All good options. This is like this just came into my head now. What if uh, that's how we get Vision back? Maybe she's tied. Maybe he's going to join this team that they're putting together. White Vision's rolling out. White Vision on on the Dark Avengers. That'd be sick. He's kind of just roaming about, right? And we, we that yeah. We, there was no conclusion with him and what was going to happen. Yeah, he's like not going to be Vision, right? He's just going to be sort of this being, right? And if he lacks empathy, he might be a perfect fit for the Dark Avengers too. I'm just saying. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> you got them gears turning, and I like it. <laughs> just popped into my head right now. I don't know. I like it a lot, John. I was really happy with, with his redemption. And it made sense. U.S. agent in the comics isn't a villain. He's a hero. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a good guy. He's a bit misguided at times. Um, but he's not, he's not a villain. So I'm glad that we're going to get more John Walker. Because I, I really did grow to like that character and Wyatt Russell's portrayal of him. So, oh, same. Yeah. He does a great job. Yes. Yeah. He'll have to get a new shield. 
um, that great yeah. value in can didn't last long. But <laughs> yeah, it takes one. I mean, I'll be at a super soldier punch, but it takes one punch and it's already got a dent in it. <laughs> that thing was done, man. That thing yeah, was wiped. But yeah. I just thought it was a good touch. You know, he he's got this moment to go and get Carly. Probably could have ended her. Say, tries to save the truck. And then, and then you see it right there at the end. The battle lines are drawn. Flag smashers, Cap, Bucky, and John Walker. He's with them. He's a good guy again. And, and I liked it. I dug it. Yeah, and, and honestly, you know, good on Bucky for, for letting John try to redeem himself, too. Because, I mean, you know that Bucky hates the guy. Right. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Well, I don't know if he, you know, I think that his whole thing with John was he, he didn't earn the right to be Cap. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that was the big thing. He didn't deserve the shield. He didn't, you know, Bucky doesn't know this guy. Right. Whereas he, Steve is more than just Captain America. That's his brother, his best friend. Yeah. He trusted Sam and then Sam gave it up. That's really, I think what, what made Bucky, you know, so irked, so mad. So, but I, I do agree. I, I do like that. He is, he is giving John a chance and I, I would not be surprised if we're talking about a potential dark Avengers or Thunderbolts type team, if maybe Bucky joins them and we see some more interaction and growth between those two characters. That'd be huge. I'd love that too. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I dug it. I dug that whole John Walker redemption arc and um, man, it was, it just made for some good TV. I thought. So you, you talked about uh, early on about, um, about Sam kind of learning to accept a leadership role. Now that we see him as captain America, do you see him, leading the Avengers moving forward? I could see him being a leader of the Avengers. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, Cap, Steve Rogers was the de facto leader of the Avengers, but Tony too was also a big For part sure. of that, right? So, and I, sure. I, mean, I don't think Thor took orders from anybody, you know? I, no. But yeah, so Cap was the de facto leader. Um, I could see, I could see Sam taking on that role because there's, there's no one else that really comes to mind. Maybe, maybe Captain Marvel. Um, I think people want Spider-Man to be that. I don't think he is that. Uh, I think Sam makes sense. Why not? Yeah, I think that Spider-Man could lead a, a younger group. I think. I think if they if they are branching out and doing Dark Avengers, Young Avengers, Next Avengers, Thunderbolts, whatever they're doing, I think that they should. I, I really think that they should lump Spider-Man in with the younger. Avengers. I agree. Um, just because I think his personality will click better with younger heroes. And I think that he has, I mean, he's saved the world. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. he, he is, I think, the obvious choice for a leader for a younger group of, of superheroes, including uh, your boy, uh, Patriot. We'll get to him in a second. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Um, I agree. I think that makes a lot of sense uh, if, if, we're, if they are branching out and having all these different teams. Um, if you're going to have like a main new Avengers team, I think Sam or Captain Marvel, maybe Doctor Strange makes sense as the leader. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't see Spider-Man being there yet. He's still, he's still a kid, you know? So, so having him yeah. be sort of like, Hey, Black Widow or uh, not Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, you do this and you do that. And I, mm -hmm. I don't see him taking on that role, but um, okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, there's, there's a lot that, that they could do with that. Um, it's interesting you mention um, Doctor Strange because you know we've we've not actually seen him be a member of a team really. You know he's he was involved in the fight on uh, on Titan, 
you know, in, in the, the, the battle of, uh, the battle on Titan at the end of infinity war, but he really, I mean, he was barely a, a part of that team, you know, and his ego is large. Yeah. <laughs> I think traditionally too, he's always sort of been his own thing. Right. I mean, I think he's sort of been a member of the Avengers, but not like, a, he's not like a core Avengers member. I know that he was a part of the Illuminati group that they have in the comics, which is, I guess, like pretty niche. Uh, essentially, it's like it's like Tony Stark, Doc, uh, um, Professor X, Mister Fantastic, like all the leaders, Black Bolt, all of the leaders of the individual groups come together to be this sort of like entity in the background. And Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. I believe, is a part of that. But yeah, I don't think he's. I just kind of he's like one of those guys that came to mind. That's really the only reason I mentioned him. But I I I don't see him as an Avenger, so to speak. Yeah. He's kind of the, you know, team up to save the world out of professional courtesy. You know, he's that guy. Right. Yeah, I agree. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Coming back to, to Falcon Winter Soldier, we get our, yes. um, we sort of, you know, last week, I, I think we both speculated that we were going to have some sort of big blowout. We kind of got that in a way. Um, we get our reveal of the power broker. Yeah. And we also get um, the end of Carly. So let's right. talk about the power broker. Okay, I uh, I I'm not afraid to, to admit it. I was a little bit disappointed about the reveal. I was too. I think I think that we probably built it up a little bit too much. Um, I do appreciate that it was somebody that we knew and not a new character. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. I, I'm kind of happy with the the new character being uh, Val. Um, I think that she's interesting and shady and mysterious and I dig it. Um, uh, I don't know. I think that, I think you called it early that it could have been Sharon, right? Around episode one or two? Episode three, to be honest, when that was like the first episode, I think, where we were introduced to the, not introduced to the power broker, but that was like where it started to become like a who is it type of thing. Yeah. And that was also the first episode she was in. And so, and what really tipped me was that scene in the shipping yard where she's walking away and she's on the phone and it's like, we have a problem. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay. And she steps into a car with a driver. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's big time villain vibes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so I, but then it was also like, I don't know if it really makes sense for her to be the power broker. Obviously we're being introduced to a new type of Sharon Carter maybe she's working with this power broker and you know, they kept using he and him pronouns for the power broker, but I thought that might've been a, like a smoke and mirrors type thing, like a misdirection. So I was trying to pay attention to that more and more. Um, and I, I need to rewatch the series and, and find out, but I think the, the, either the first person or the only person that refers to the power broker as he, him was Sharon. And I think that's her throw and sent off her trail. I thought Zemo did too. I'm pretty sure. Well, I think that, I mean, my I could be misremembering, but I think that he only started calling the power broker he him uh, after Sharon did. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I won't, I won't disagree. I don't know for sure. That could be the case. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I'll be paying more attention to on my second viewing of the whole show. Same, same. I'm with you. I was a little let down. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, we you talked about it. We sort of had lofty goal or lofty hopes for who it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I my issue is reading a little bit too much into other people's theories. I'd seen people talk about maybe it's Kingpin. Um, I, yeah. I I texted you earlier in the week after the Shang Chi trailer came out. Maybe it's the Mandarin because we see in that trailer we see Ma- Madripoor, at least what appears to be Madripoor. So I thought, well, that mm-hmm. would make sense, right? This Mandarin character is supposed to be this big deal. Maybe he's maybe he's the power broker. I I am glad that it's not Mandarin or Kingpin, right? Because then this, you're just kind of changing who those characters are. And I and I'm with you, and I'm glad it wasn't just like some guy where you're like, oh, I don't know who this is. Yeah, just a new guy. Yeah. Why am I disappointed that it's Sharon? I really don't know. I guess just because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's an expectations deal. I, yeah. I'm very happy with Sharon being. I, I like shady Sharon Carter. I do. Uh, I, I, you know, not to not to jump the gun, but the 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 post credit scene where she gets her pardon and then immediately uh, gets on the phone to you know talk about hey we're gonna now have access to government secrets and weapons yeah. and get some buyers lined up. You know, that's I'm on board. I, I like her arc, you know, as a as a hero turned villain. It's interesting, uh, and I'm excited to see where it goes. But I I did want more. I I wanted something more out of the reveal. I don't really know what <laughs> I guess, but I, I I guess it was an expectations thing. I agree. I think that's exactly what it was. I think that if if I hadn't allowed myself to be like, oh, I, if, if Vincent D'Onofrio pops up and Kingpin's in the thing, now we're here. You know, I, that's, that's, that's my fault. And what I've learned, I think, is to not do that. Because I did that in WandaVision where I thought that Mephisto was going to be the big bad villain. Okay. And that wasn't the case. And I also, you know, I thought maybe we might get a Doctor Strange scene. We didn't. Um, you know, I thought maybe we Quicksilver with the whole Ralph Boner thing. That was, I, I got to stop setting it. Although that, to be fair, not to straight too far off topic that was annoying. that's okay <laughs> but <laughs> but but um for sharon i'm not i'm not upset that she is set up as a film because I, I feel like we keep talking about it captain america 4 is coming this very obviously sets that up right that to where mm-hmm. she's going to ultimately be the villain um and i'm, I'm down with that yeah I, i'm with you I'm, I'm i like her arc and her her shift in, in character and the new attitude she's showing. She's also not just this, uh, you know, figure. She we've seen her fight. She can throw down. Oh, she kicks ass. Yeah, she kicks major ass. Right. So it's it's she's believable also as a villain. Um, and so I'm I'm cool with that. I I agree. It was just like an expectations thing that kind of was like oh all right because as soon as she and Carly are face to face, I was like this is it. She's the power broker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they made it pretty obvious, but it, I mean, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah, it was it was fine. I like she shoots Batroc, so she, again shows you she's about that life. She's mm-hmm. not afraid to do what she needs to do, um, and then just kind of you know, obviously we wrap the story up. But yeah, I'm well, I'm I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. Yeah, so we get the death of Batroc, which was kind of overshadowed by, um, you know, the death of Carly. I actually forgot that Batroc died and, and then <laughs> it happened on, the, you know, I was watching it just, uh, you know, uh, about an hour ago on my second viewing. And I was like, oh, yeah, he did die. <laughs> <laughs> well, so much happened afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the, um, 
the Carly Sam interaction there that led to her death? Uh, are you referring to Sam's reluctance to fight her? Yeah. I, I liked it. I mean, it, it, it screamed hero. I mean, he agrees with her fight. You know, he agrees with her motives. And, you know, it, he has tried this entire season to get her to um, change the way that she's going about her fight. Mm-hmm. And um, he can't. He can't get through to her, unfortunately. Um, she's she's uh, uh, too far gone, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in, in her last moments, she is desperate to have Sam fight her back and he will not do it. And uh, and because of that, you know, we get, um, you know, she gets frustrated. She she points the gun at Sam and is about to pull the trigger and Sharon kills her um, from off screen. And uh, they have a very, very touching moment, a little tearjerker moment where Sam is is, you know, cradling her as she's dying. And then she says, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So in a way, he got through to her. She was frustrated. She was angry. She was misguided. What are you gonna do? I mean, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, for Sharon, it was either it was it was Carly or Sam. So she pulled the trigger. Yeah, which is interesting. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, as far as the the, in the fight, whatever you want to call it, goes, I really I really liked it. I like I agree with what you said. Um, solidifies him as a hero. I mean, I need to solidify him as one, but it right. <laughs> A full on, it's like a, like I said, a nod to Steve almost. Steve would have done the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. wants to get through to the person, sees the good in her, knows that he can try to redeem her, does everything he can, puts the shield behind him. Mm-hmm. Is, everything is, is evading her, right? He's doing the flips, kind of a nod back to the montage last week. It's, it's, he's doing everything he can to, be, to do the right thing because he understands her, her struggle. He understands what she's trying to do. And, and, you know, we see him try to sort of echo that when he talks to the senators in a bit or whatever they, whatever they are, the GRC. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I liked it a lot as far as this is our sort of final battle of the show, but it wasn't so much a fight. It was, it was still trying to solve everything diplomatically as Captain America probably would. Um, right. so I, again, solidifies him as Captain America and just good stuff. Um, and they, they do two really, really good nods to Steve Rogers during this fight. And I loved them both. One was a line of dialogue. You know, Carly tells Sam to stay down. And then you have very, very, I could do this all day vibes where he just says, no, you know, that's so great. And the other one is, uh, you know, when, when she's kind of, you know, I mean, you know, I'll be blunt. She's kicking his ass and he just plants those vibranium wings in the ground and just stand, stands firm. Very, very Steve Rogers. I uh, I was, I thought we were going to get, I can do this all day. And I was like, oh, you should have said it, but I'm, I'm glad he didn't. That's Steve's line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been a really good spot to do that. At least like a nice nod to him. Um, you know what I would have preferred? I, it probably would have made me tear up, actually, is if Bucky said to Sam, I'm with you till the end of the line. Uh, that would have got me so good. Missed opportunity. <laughs> Oh man! Well, you never know, man. We, we uh, cap four is coming, so maybe it's we coming. maybe we get it then. Uh, I'm glad mm. you mentioned the um, the vibranium wings. Yeah, we, we didn't get to, we didn't talk too much about that stuff. I love the way he's using the wings in the suit and everything. Yeah, um, in tandem with the shield. 
Yeah, to sort of rewind to that the truck falling where he pops up and he's using the the, the jet pack and he's got the the little I guess other the little tiny red wing guys that yeah. pull, that like attach to the truck and and uh, jet it. Up, I guess we'll call them blue wing and white wing, right? We'll just yeah. Say. <laughs> Shades of Iron Man in uh, in Homecoming. Um, yeah, that's true. I, I saw somebody compare the new suit. Sort of, it's like it's like some parts cap for obvious reasons. Some parts Iron Man because of the wings and every, all the technology that he has. And some part Black Panther because of the vibranium. He's sort of like this combination of all these heroes. This hodgepodge of, of, of the greatest hits of the Avengers. Yeah, just get him a hammer and we were just like right on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, given that Sam isn't going to take a serum, not that there is one for him to take, right. um, I like the creativity that they have acknowledging, hey, this is just a regular guy that is badass, uh, but has at least tech on his side. You know, we saw the the wings sort of create a dome while he held the shield above him to protect himself from the helicopter. Um, yeah, that was really cool. Sticking the wings into the ground. There was, I really liked the creativity that they showed to say, hey, he's he's just the guy, but he's got some weapons on his side. Yeah, the, the shield dome with his wings around it. That was very, very cool. Yeah, and uh, also the part where he throws the shield through the uh, you know he, he throws the shield at the window of the helicopter, catches it, and just flies right through there and <laughs> takes the pilot out. Wonderful, so cool, yeah. so cool, brilliantly shot too. I agree. Yeah, that's one thing the show did really well was really really great cinematography, amazing shots, choreography was great. I I I am. I was always going to be on board with, with Samus Cap, but I am for sure, no questions asked, on board with Samus Cap after what we've seen. Just like the combination of the wings and all of that, plus the shield and his acrobatics. He, I, I love, I, I, oh, I yeah. love Samus Cap. He nailed it. Yeah, he did. So um, Carly's dead, doesn't really get redeemed, but you know he has the speech with the, the GRC um, sort of bringing about her concerns and saying, hey, listen, she went about this the wrong way, but I agree with her fight and you guys are doing the wrong thing. Um, strong character moment from Sam. What'd you think of that? Well, it was a nice contrast, right? Because the last thing that we see, quote unquote, Captain America doing was John Walker, Captain America, executing a man in public with the shield. Okay. So the very next time we see, quote unquote, Captain America, it's Sam, different suit. You know, it's got the white, uh, symbolizing purity and he's in the streets on camera in front of a ton of people you know and he he has those lines you know saying I'm a black man in the stars and stripes I know that there are millions of people judging me right now and he's still you know lecturing these senators on you know what you need to do you know this is the right thing to do and you need to not be a coward and do the right thing yeah very impactful yeah again take, just fully leaning into Captain America mantle, and I we didn't mention it, but that that moment at the very beginning, where they're like, "Who are you?" and he goes, "I'm Captain America." He is fully embracing that role. Um, and I think I, it was his first line of the episode, or, I, or the first line as you know, uh, you know, in the new in the new suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First on, on screen, I think he's. I think he talked to Bucky, saying right. I brought him back up. But that was like part of the whole what we mentioned earlier. The character was flying in shot up Captain America and it was just like yeah it was great it was, it was wonderful and, and yeah the, 
the whole speech with the senators and you've got Isaiah Bradley watching and you've got Joaquin yeah. watching and her, his sister watching, Sarah. Just, yeah, I, I, another, that one like final nod of, here he is folks, here's Captain America as we're gonna know him moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. They just did a great job of setting up uh, our, our next Captain America. It's, it's the best way that any comic book movie has ever recast a hero, I think. Yes. <laughs> Much better than going from Keaton to Kilmer to Clooney to Bale. Well, to and that's, uh, I think that's, but it's, it's, it's different. And I'm, I'm trying to think back, have they ever done that in this way? Have they ever had a hero take up a new mantle in, like on screen? I, I'm trying to think, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if they have. You might be able to count um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, I guess Robin will call him from Dark Knight Rises. Okay, a little he bit, yeah. He on the suit, but it was obviously implied that he was going to be Batman. Well, that's right. how Chris Nolan are... likes to do it, right? He likes to he likes to imply a lot and then let you decide. <laughs> yeah, and I mean you're, you're right. This is a recasting in a way that it's more of a continuation versus we couldn't get Keaton again, so we got to go without him. Yeah, it, it feels way more natural than just getting a new actor to play the same person. You know, he is a new he's he's a different character playing. You know, the same role the same mantle you know i mean there's no other way to put it right well it's just a good way for marvel to do that though you know i mean it's they've been doing these movies now for since 2008 with the first iron man and you know obviously you can't keep everyone but it's a great way to keep the continuity going without saying well we got to find another steve rogers right instead of doing that steve's retired he had a complete story we don't have to stop making captain america movies yeah just Set it up with a new with a new guy, just like the like it's, it's exactly like the comics, and mm-hmm. that you you know you've had many different Batman, you've had many different Iron Man, you've had many different Caps and Spider Man and whatnot. Here's our our second Captain America. We don't have to skip a beat with it. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess the only other time that I can think of that we've seen uh, you know a hero try to take up a different mantle is is in Spider Man Homecoming, or as far as the MCU goes, is Spider Man Homecoming when you know the whole world was asking. Uh, Spider-Man if he was going to be the next Iron Man he was wearing you know the Iron Spider suit and he was you know greeting the people and it it almost seemed like he was trying to become the next Iron Man and then you know the the um not moral but you know what you kind of take away from that movie is there's never going to be another Iron Man you know he's Spider-Man right that's yeah be Peter Parker not be Peter Parker be be Spider-Man be be this symbol (laughs) whereas like with Falcon He's taking up Captain America, but he's still the Falcon, right? He still has the wings and he's still that and he's still fighting the way he would. It's not, it's, he is Captain America, but all, but it's an evolution of Captain America. He's not, he's not just, oh, just be Steve Rogers again, which is what Walker was trying to do. Yeah. Right. And not, not to take anything away from Falcon, but he, Captain America was such a, was such a symbol. And they, they talked about him being a symbol a lot in this season and you know the falcon is is respect respected he's a hero but he's not a symbol right. and and now he and now he is uh you know he's captain america exactly exactly so great moment and then we just kind of get things wrapped up a bit um so there's the part they they uh they get the other flag smashers and they're taking them away and then mm-hmm. as the, the, the loose ends <laughs> as the garb shuts the door he says one world one people right is that what it 
Yeah, one world, one people. So is that implying right. to you that that sort of ideology isn't dead? So is uh, Carl, I'm going to bring up a different scene to, to help you out here. Uh, there's a one of Carly's last scenes with uh, with her fellow flag smashers. She says um, she has the line. I wrote it down here. Uh, the movement is strong enough to continue without us. So even if they die, you know, the flag smashers will remain. And that's, that may be something moving forward, but I feel like probably not. I feel like the, you know, the majority, like the, all of the flag smashers had were, you know, the super soldiers and now they're just people, you know, a radical group of people, you know, screaming at each other on Facebook or whatever, you know, it's like, that's, it's not a, it's not really a movement. <laughs> Right, right. I, I, I agree, right? Because what, what does it mean if they're not super soldiers? They're just a bunch of people. I'm sure we'll see. I, I, what I think will happen, we'll probably see a nod to them and cap four, where it's like, oh, you guys are still doing this, right? But I don't think it's setting anything up. It was just like a weird thing that I kind of was like, huh, I wonder what that is. I just, I, I don't see, uh, um, I don't see one world, one people being as impactful as say hail Hydra or something like that. You know, I, I think the, the flag smashers are, are going to be a, a very small piece of the MCU. And, and, you know, we may get a little bit more resolution on them in the future, but I, I think they're done. And I kind of hope so. I think that that, that you know, whatever with them, they were they, kind of an underwhelming villain, if I'm to be completely honest. But they had, they had great function in this, series they did they, they weren't useless they weren't useless right. at all it just they weren't as exciting as some of the villains we've had just to, just to be completely honest um, yeah and marvel had a hell of a job uh you know making you feel for radicalized terrorists <laughs> they, did really, they, they did phenomenal with that because yeah, so. that's that's a subject that they you know kind of have to tiptoe in and i think they did a really good job of of, of you know putting it on the screen and and they did a lot of they they did the right moves they they did good i agree i agree well zemo got the last laugh because those yes last three or four they're gone (laughs) his butler just pulled the trigger or pressed the button and they're gone and you see the shot of him in the raft and he just yeah just reading his book (laughs) got him boys (laughs) it's it's pretty cool to see zemo um you know still pulling the trigger from behind bars you yeah. know, I uh, I hope that that's not the last we'll see Zemo in the MCU. I don't think it will be. I think we uh, think we will get some more Baron Zemo. Uh, well, we've still got at least one super soldier. Um, they they asked Sam if he could help with the the super soldier that fell into the Hudson, the one that he kicked out of the the plane he or the helicopter. He survived, and we didn't get any resolution on that. Yeah, that's true. I don't think that that's anything. I mean, I I feel like he's just gonna catch the guy and. That'll be that, but uh, probably, yeah, probably. But I'm I'm just trying to think of all the loose ends that we have. Sure, sure. Yeah, I thought that was more just a uh, way for them to say, "All right, you're still Cap. Hey, can you help us out?" You know, like th- that was maybe them embracing him as Cap, right? That, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what that guy was. If he was a politician or a cop or I, something. I'm pretty sure he was a senator. Senator, yeah. So that was, I think, that was more or less of them just saying, "Okay, we're on board." You know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe we do technically still have one unless maybe, maybe he pops up in the raft too, who knows. But, um, the next thing we see is our U S agent. 
U.S. agent. Yeah, it's the same, but black. But black, <laughs> right? I liked it. Um, I, I, you know, Val makes another appearance. I was hoping she would, and she did. Um, and I think that this sort of cleared up again. I don't think she's a villain. I don't think she's shady by any means. It, it maybe um, goes about things her own way, as as does John Walker. Um, and I think that it's the start mm -hmm. of, of something cool. It almost echoes or shades of Nick Fury, Iron Man at the end of uh, of Iron Man One. Well, and it's about time, right? Because we've we've been watching we've been watching MCU movies since two thousand eight, and we really haven't had a whole lot of morally ambiguous characters. Right. And I think that I think that this is pretty exciting. I agree. I agree. And I I think you know from what I've seen people speculate on i'm not going to read into that anymore because that all that does is set you up for disappointment but there there are a lot of of ways they can go about it and and this is obviously just the beginning john walker's you know new suit new name he's given that the the desire perhaps of becoming cap at least for now maybe that's something they explore later on um but he's at least embracing that he's this different thing um he's not with the government anymore and val is like hey Keep that phone on. Um, mm -hmm. He needs a shield. I don't know how they're going to get him a shield. Maybe he calls up Bucky and he gets one from the rock. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt I, that I Bucky doubt would do too. him that solid. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, so you're you're a little more connected with uh, the comics and the, and that. Do you do you know what his shield looks like? What U.S. agents' shield looks like? I think it's the same as the other one, except it's just black. Black, where instead of uh, instead the of blue, blue would it be? Yeah. Okay, I don't that'd know be cool. If I, off the top of my head, I don't know if there's a star in the middle or not. Uh, maybe, okay. maybe there is, but same thing pretty much. It's just, you know, round vibranium piece that maybe it's not vibranium. Maybe it's something else. I don't remember exactly, but um, he's here and I'm, and I'm glad because um, one of the things that I love about the MCU, if we can think way back in the day, when superhero movies were really kind of just starting to come into, into form, obviously we had Superman, Batman, but then like, I'm talking like the early 2000s. There was so much, I remember at least, of, you know, oh, they'll never do so-and-so. We'll never see so-and-so. Or if they do, it won't be very good. Whereas with the MCU, we're able to see a lot of these minor-ish characters come to life. Whereas like, we would have never gotten a US agent movie. But now we can explore that character in this way and we can bring him to screen. and, and there's going to be other characters that we are going to get to see. And it's just, I don't know. I really dig that about the MCU. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like Disney plus is trying to do what Netflix couldn't with the defenders. Yeah. You know, because uh, I mean, you may have your own opinion about the defenders, but I, I thought it fell flat. I thought kind of all of their shows fell flat. I mean, I, I liked daredevil and, and, um, the first season Jessica Jones was all right, you know, but I, I thought, I thought a lot of those shows fell flat, including uh, the defenders series. And I think that this is kind of the MCU's way of redeeming that and in, in their own way, you know, with the, with the Disney plus shows. Honestly, um, I've only seen a few episodes of Jessica Jones. Um, I never watched iron fist. And I didn't watch Defenders because I hadn't seen all those. But I, I saw the first two seasons of Daredevil. I'm actually re-watching them right now because I hadn't seen season three. And season saw, three is really good. Yeah, I think you told me that. Mm -hmm. And I also saw Luke Cage season one. Didn't pay a ton of attention to season two. Um, it's okay. 
But I, I agree, man. I, I thought those fell flat. Great idea in theory, right? To bring in a more mature take on, on the Marvel universe, bring it to bring it to Netflix and give us something else to sort of sink our teeth into. Um, but I agree. I, I never saw Defenders because I heard Iron Fist was so bad, so I never really wanted to watch it. Um, yeah, was, it's it's really not great. I was kind of underwhelmed by the by Luke Cage, and um, I, I I'd like to check out Punisher. I've heard good things about it. And I, I loved Daredevil. I thought season one was brilliant. Season two, from what I remember, was pretty good. I'm getting ready to restart that. Um, yeah, I agree. That, that, that's what Disney Plus is doing so well with these shows. is not, not as mature as the Netflix shows, but sort of saying, okay, that was a good idea. We're going to do it much better than you did. And, you know, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Well, and, and part of it, I think, part of why those shows fell flat is because you're, you are expecting them to be a part of the MCU, and it just doesn't feel that way. There's just no... There's no real connection, and they they say that there is one, and they they kind of nod to, oh yeah, the Battle of New York, blah blah blah. But that all they do is talk about it. There's no, there's not really any intersecting characters. It's it's just very underwhelming and kind of its own side universe. Right. Um, it would be cool to see some of those characters come into the fold and in, into the grander scheme of things in the MCU. And uh, I think a good way for them to do it, honestly, would be to have punisher be part of the dark avengers and then have daredevil be part of you know the the new avengers or whatever i'm holding out hope and this is a major thing and i i shouldn't even say i'm holding out hope because i don't i don't want to be let down but i uh i think it would be great if he pops up in the next spider-man movie because obviously there's the connection with those two in the comics and peter parker's gonna need a lawyer because now so i think it would make sense if he was in spider-man whether or not he is i'm not going to be let down if he's not because that's such a big ask mm-hmm. um but i would love to see charlie cox and vincent d'onofrio reprise those roles in the mcu because i don't at least at least with vincent d'onofrio i think you could recast daredevil i don't think they should charlie cox does a good job i agree can't recast Vincent D'Onofrio. He's so good. He is. You look. You just look at him, and he is kingpin. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what it is. He, he, is he has the size. He has the intimidation factor. The way that he talks, oh. it, it's so good. And and just and just aesthetically, he looks like kingpin. You know what I mean? Like it's like you said. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's big. He's bald. He has he, the way he carries himself. He plays that role phenomenally. And I don't think. Like, if they did bring a different kingpin in the MCU, it just wouldn't work. And he yeah. also is a Spider-Man villain. So you could, my right. big wish list thing, and then we're way off topic. <laughs> off topic. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> we're about wrapped up on it. So I, you know, whatever. But what I would love is if Kingpin puts the Sinister Six together in this next movie and you have to have- Yeah. and. Th- they did a little bit of sinister stick, sinister six nodding, you know, in that the the stinger scene at the end of Homecoming, right, with uh, the vulture in jail. Yeah, Matt Gorgon popping up, who's uh, mm-hmm. Scorpion, um, in in the comics, and obviously now we have Mysterio. It's kind of ambiguous whether he's dead or not. Uh, I think he is, but I don't know if that's really confirmed. Who knows? It's, it's, uh, you know, it's Marvel. They could figure a way. They could figure out a way. They could have somebody else take up the mantle as Mysterio, even. They could. They could. I don't know if they would, but 
but I mean, you know, obviously yeah. you, you never know what's real and what isn't with that character. And so right. you could very easily get away with having him stay alive. And if we have Doc Ock and Electro coming, I mean, you, that's, that's it right there. That's six guys. So there you um, go. We'll see. We'll see. But um, that's, we're all way off topic now. Let's bring, let's bring it back to Falcon. Yeah. Back. Okay. So we, we've got very little left to talk about. Uh, the, the next thing in my notes is the, um, is, is Isaiah Bradley. How do you think that he feels about um, Sam publicly, uh, you know, co- telling everybody, you know, I am, I am Captain America, you know, Isaiah, in the, in the last episode, we, you know, he, Isaiah says, you know, something along the lines of no self-respecting black man would ever call himself Captain America. The world's not ready for a black Captain America. And here we are one episode later, you know, Sam is not heeding this advice. He's going about things in his own way. How do you think Isaiah Bradley feels about it? I think he, I think he uh, appreciates and respects what Sam's doing. I mean, we saw when Sam was making that speech, you get the shot of Isaiah and Eli Bradley sitting there and he looked like, wow, okay, he's, he's doing it. And he looked like he was happy to see it. And then of course we get the interaction and he's like, you know, you're no, you know, Martin, you know, Mandela, you know, uh, Malcolm, but you know, you're, you're doing, you're doing your thing. And I think he just respects what Sam's doing. And um, yeah, yeah. He, he, he busts his balls. Cause that's, you know, that's what he does. But yeah, I think, I think that he definitely has a lot of respect for Sam for sure. Yeah. I agree. Especially, I think it means a lot to him that Sam has sought him out a few times. Um, yeah. And to just to sort of say, hey, you know, like, I, I want to hear your story. I want to hear what was going on. And I think Isaiah respects that. And um, I think that he's fully on board with, with Sam as Cap. And I think that he, you know, I think deep down probably always wanted a black Captain America and probably maybe at one point felt like he could have done that too. Um, sure. In the, in, the, in the comics, he takes place at the same time as Steve, but in the show, he was around during the Korean War, so by that point, Steve has, has been gone, so could have easily t- took that mantle if he was given the opportunity. Wasn't, unfortunately. So he's, he's looking at this saying, you know what, it wasn't me, but I'm glad that it's this guy that's able to do it. And obviously, uh, was very touched with the gesture Sam makes and putting him in the Smithsonian. Yeah, what a hell of a monument. <laughs> yeah, I paused it so that I could read, uh, you know, what was on that, uh, you know, the words on that, um, the, the wall and um, it was it was the truth it was it was his story it was everything that Isaiah told Sam uh, in episode five you know it was his touching story about how the government did him wrong and how he was uh, you know a, a hero in his own right and uh, you know never respected as one so and and now he's finally um, you know immortalized um, but also, he doesn't have to be. Um, I, I, I the, the way that they they put it in, I, I, they you know referred to him in, in the past tense. So they're keeping him dead in the public's eye, which I think is what Isaiah Bradley would want as well. Yeah, that was sort of what I got to. Um, Sam said we should let them know. No, they'll they'll do all these things, and so I think this was his way of sort of respecting that, but also giving him the respect and credit that he deserves for what he did for the country. So. Um, just a great moment. I, I, I really do. I'm really glad they brought the Isaiah Bradley character into the MCU. Um, it gave that a little bit of a, of a nod. And um, I also really like that they made sure to include Eli in all those scenes. They gave him a quite a bit too. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. they gave him a few lines. He was with them in the Smithsonian. And, you know, it's a, and you've, you've said it on this show, and we've talked, you know, personally. MCU does a really good job of the breadcrumbs, and this is them mm-hmm. setting him up to be Patriot at some point. And maybe we see a little bit of that in, the, in Cap 4, or, you know, maybe there's still a ways off from that. But I, I don't think it was an, an accident or just, like, because, you know, I just, we, we hired him. They, I think they did that for a reason, and they're they're planting the seeds for him. I agree. I agree. I agree. Good spot early on, and uh, I, I hope that we we get to see him as Patriot. I think it'd be super cool. Yep, they're setting the Young Avengers up, and I couldn't be more excited for it. So same, same. Really, the last bit we get is uh, some some f- uh, family fun at a cookout with uh, Uncle Bucky and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> Uncle and, Buck. Uh, yeah, oh, no, 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 we, um, Bucky gets we, Bucky's closure. We, yes, Bucky's we closure. We can't gloss over that. Um, it, was a, it was a very uh, short and sweet scene. Yeah, I thought we would get more than we did, but I'm glad that they kind of just were like, here you go. Um, they had the, the point with the book, crossing on the names out. So he has done everything he needed to do. He's had his heroic moments. Full growth for Bucky, and I, I love it. I think, yeah, oh, definitely, for sure. I think that uh, I think that he probably lost a friend um, because of this. I, I don't think they're going to be friends anymore. But you know, they both got their closure, and that's that's what they both ultimately needed. I think it was very, you know, it was a very mature uh, decision of Bucky to go through with doing that. Um, you know, his his therapist was right all along. I think he he's going to find his peace. Uh, you know, wherever it may be. Um, but yeah, it, it, it transitions really well into the next scene, which is uh, him celebrating, you know, and with uh, with Sam and his family, with uh, you know Uncle <laughs> Uncle Bucky, as he called him, Uncle Buck. Uh, you know, I, yeah, Uncle Buck. Uh, I really like the the scene of you know him holding up his vibranium arm with the kids kind of monkeying around on it, and uh, you know, on my second watch, I was noticing that he was also flirting with Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> More Bucky and Sarah, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that they didn't, you know, do, I'm sorry, here's what happened. And then he's, oh, it's cool. You know, I'm glad. Yeah, because that's not realistic. You know, I, you, you don't just forgive your son's killer. Like exactly. That. Yeah. So, but it was, it was still good, right? He was able to help this man out and find his own closure. And then you go, and, and then they do include him in that scene so you can see he's finally maybe at peace, which is what he wanted, yeah. right? He's right. he's at peace, and, and now he's just kind of hanging out in Louisiana with Sam and his family. <laughs> yeah, they were they were a little bit ambiguous on how, um, is it Nakajima? Is that his name? Mr. Nakajima, yep. Nakajima, they were a little bit ambiguous on how he reacted, because, they, you know, he Bucky had those lines of, you know, opening up to him, and saying, you know, I, you know, the 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 Winter Soldier killed him, you know, all that, and then he kind of gets a little bit of a reaction shot, and the very next shot is him leaving calmly, not yeah. getting kicked out, but just kind of, you know, calmly shutting the door, and then the transitions to the scene where he's, you know, checking up on him, looking at him through the glass of the coffee shop, and and um, y- you get a very very good sense of closure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It was good. It was needed. Um, and yeah, it's again, just to sort of wrap that up, you know, we've seen Bucky go through so much, not supposedly dying in cap one, coming back in cap two, civil war stuff being blipped, coming back. And then 
all the trauma he had to deal with. He had no furniture. Uh, to see <laughs> he he needs to buy a bed. <laughs> I hope that, that. I hope maybe he got to get the get it back from the Wakandans or something, man. Come on, yeah. I'm hook you up with the vibranium sheets or something. That might get me comfortable. Um, but I'm glad that he he had his arc and all this closure. And I think that when we see him moving forward and in, in future projects, it'll be uh, a Bucky that we really haven't seen. You know, that actually reminded me, um, we, we didn't talk about his line uh, when he was talking to Carly on the phone. He had a line where he said that he tried to be uh, part of something bigger than himself and failed twice. Um, I was kind of going back through Bucky's history and I'm trying to figure out what exactly he's referring to. And I felt that it was, I felt that he believes that he failed during World War II. And I believe that he fa- he believes that he failed during the uh, the fight in Wakanda at the end of Infinity War. Would you would you agree with those two times? Is that what he's talking about? I would agree with that. Yeah, because I mean, he wasn't willingly the Winter Soldier, nor was that like anything that you should like be proud of doing. I suppose. Yeah. Um, I would agree. I think failing World War One, that seems like the obvious one because that set him on the trajectory for what he is now, essentially. Yeah. And yeah, the Wakanda thing. I mean. That was obviously a failure, right? That was everybody needed to stop Thanos, didn't, and that set off what became the whole real story for this show. Essentially, yeah. the Flag Smashers were upset about being displaced because of the of the blip, and so that I would say those are probably the, the two things he was talking about. I can't think of anything else. Yeah. Okay. So, um, final thoughts. Oh well, let's share. Sharon's pardoned. Let's talk a little bit more about Sharon. Yeah, she was pardoned, and uh, and and she's not only is she pardoned, she's back in the government. Um, right. They they instantly offered her a spot on her old. You know, they basically just gave her a job back. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, yeah, you kind of went against us, but just just come on back in. You know, we have no idea what you've been up to for the last. We're sorry. You no, know, <laughs> I would love my job back. Thank you, and. We get the little glance to the camera of ah these freaking losers uh, they have no idea and yeah well I think that she I think that she likes her her life on the run in Madripoor I think that she she worked hard to to build up a reputation uh, a criminal reputation and uh, she doesn't want to lose that I, I think that she's still better with the government and I don't think that she's going to forgive and forget as easily as as they would like her to I agree man I really do I think. Um... I think that she just she was forced into this life and found out that she liked it. Yeah. And I don't think this is really a, a spiteful thing because she knew what she was getting herself into, you know, when she when she helped out Cap, Sam, and Bucky. Um, yeah. I think this is just her saying, you know what, I went, I did things correct for so long and it got me nothing, and now I have this whole new lifestyle and I have had much success with it, and I have had, and she's had the taste of power too. I've, Power, yeah. not to be too on the nose with it, but she's tasted that life and that power, and I'm sure she likes it. And doesn't want to give it up at all. I mean, you see, you see her in Magipore. She's rich, has money, has connections. Why would you give that up? It's going to be really interesting seeing how Sam and Bucky deal with betrayal in, uh, you know, in what is to come with with the power broker, um, yeah. because you know, I don't know if they've really dealt with that kind of betrayal before. I'm really curious if there is an explanation for why, and maybe we could come up with one now, 
but why she not only helped them throughout the show, but she could have just like straight up killed Sam and no one would have known. Yeah, that's true. And, and she, you know, Sam guaranteed her part, her pardon before she helped them, you know, at the end of the season, like she didn't have to help them in this fight at the end. Right. So I, I mean, her only motivation that I can see is that she wanted to solidify her reputation as a good guy. That's, that's, that's gotta be it. Right. Because, you know, she killed Badrack because he threatened to tell the world who power broker was. And she, and she values anonymity. Right. And yeah. And, was, and she killed Carly because Carly knows who she is too. Right. She's, she's re- doing a really, really good job of covering her tracks. Exactly. And yeah, the pardon was the big thing because I think that's the, the key is that final scene where she is back in the government and now has access to secrets and weapons and what have you. So that that at least wraps up why she helped them out. Promised the pardon. She showed up on the final episode because he he reached out to her for her help. And she's figured, well, this is if, if this helps me get my pardon, of course I'll come and help them. So, yeah. okay, I get it. That makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. Who do you think was on the phone? I don't know. I have no idea. I tried to I tried to make guesses both time I was watching the show and I, I really have no idea. I don't either. I don't know if it's another person, a partner, and it's just an assistant. I, I don't even know if it's important, you know. It's probably not, right? It's probably it could have been it could have been her driver from episode three. I mean it it could be anybody. Anybody that works for her with her, you know. Yeah. We'll find out, hopefully. Uh, all right, hopefully we'll Either it'll matter or it won't, and if it does, we'll right? And if, and if not, whatever. Um, but that's that was the episode. Final thoughts on uh, on the on the on the show, on the season as a whole. It was it was very entertaining. I I love um, I love being excited to watch a show week to week. I feel like I don't really get that a whole lot anymore. Um, you know, the only shows that I've I've really done that in the last five or six years or so, you know, have been, um, you know, Mandalorian, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision. It's, it's this Disney Plus stuff, you know, that their their content is great. And I'm, I'm glad that they're releasing it week to week so that you can hang on these cliffhangers for so long and, and speculate and talk about it. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I agree. I, uh, I am very much a product of the sort of culture that Netflix has created and just like, here you go, binge it. Here's 13 episodes. Yeah. Watch them in two nights and then the internet's already going to be talking about it. Yeah, I, I kind of got used to it, but this is refreshing. I agree. I, I, Cause I, I don't hate Netflix for doing that. I, I like that. I, I do. I, I do like getting it. Cause sometimes it's like, man, I just kind of want to bang this out in a, in a, a couple of days. But I will say starting with Mando a few years ago and up to this now, I really do enjoy having something to look forward to every week. And mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of a nod to how TV used to be. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, getting to speculate on it and have fun and having these conversations, not just with you, but with people online or what have you. Um, it's, it is refreshing. It is, really, it is really enjoyable. And this show by itself uh, was, was a lot of fun. It was what I was expecting to get from MCU shows on Disney+. Plus. Um, WandaVision gave us that a little bit sort of halfway through the show um, but this show did a really good job of it um, you know we got growth for, for Bucky and Sam we got new characters with Val and John Walker 
Uh, we, we got uh, a, a, a different take on Sharon Carter and, and a new trajectory for her. And, uh, you know, new characters from Isaiah and Eli Bradley. There's a lot to like, and, and I think it really did a good job of setting the table for the MCU moving forward. And I'm really, really excited to see uh, what happens next for these characters. I agree. Um, this, this show really um, sharpened Sam and Bucky as characters, mm-hmm. uh, solidified Sam as Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it, it added some side characters that I loved. I love Isaiah Bradley. I think he yeah. was my, my, my favorite new character that we got this, uh, this series. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, um, that I was, I, I hung on the cliffhangers of WandaVision a little bit more than I did with this show. Um, but this show really, I, they wowed you with, with, uh, way more action, uh, way more impactful lines of dialogue, which just screamed MCU, you know. Uh, I think that the the best addition to, I, I, I guess, the, I keep comparing it to WandaVision, but it's really the only thing that I, I can compare it to right now. Um, you know, WandaVision did a good job of introducing S.W.O.R.D. Mm-hmm. and, um, you know, but it, it didn't feel super, super connected to the MCU, whereas this show really, really did. I agree. And I think, you know, to, for WandaVision, you know, they, there wasn't a lot of character development on that show. Um, obviously, coming out of it, we have the Scarlet Witch, not just Wanda. Um, yeah. And, and I don't want to blame them for, I, I think it's more COVID's fault that there's not a connection to the MCU. Because what was supposed to happen was we were supposed to get WandaVision and then like a week or two, maybe a month later, was supposed to be Doctor Strange. And she's supposed to be heavily involved in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So mm-hmm. there is going to be connection, which is why I thought we might get a Doctor Strange pop-in on WandaVision. Um, but this, this did a much better job, I think, of branching out to more properties in the MCU. If we do get a Dark Avengers Thunderbolts slash style uh, team. Plus, yeah, we have seemingly a new leader for the Avengers, potentially. Bucky is... is refreshed and like like you said i think sharpened is a really great way to put it um i think yeah i think the show i i I will agree wandavision had better cliffhangers especially with um with with quicksilver that week yeah quicksilver agatha you know the sword reveal like there was a there was a lot to like about wandavision but it didn't it didn't land as an mcu show as well as falcon and the winter soldier did i think because it was so experimental right it was such a uh, for the first three episodes, it was just like a sitcom. It was just, you know, right. it was it was establishing that this is a thing that she created, but there were so many questions. That was the thing is they kept you guessing everything, every episode, whereas this, you know, there were, there were good cliffhangers. AO mm-hmm. at the end of episode three, I believe, Walker killing the Flag Smasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode five, you know, opening the box and, you know, what's what's in there? Um, there were there were cliffhangers, but I think that yeah, WandaVisions were a bit more like what is happening. Whereas this mm-hmm. was okay, good episode, can't wait for next week. Um, there was definitely more shock value to the cliffhangers of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? You get the at the end of episode one, you get the the reveal of a new Captain America that's kind of jaw dropping. You know, at the end of uh, episode was it was it four where he executes the the flag smasher in public? Like those are those are really good cliffhangers that that leave you like speechless. 
Whereas WandaVision, they left you on cliffhangers that were like, ooh, let's talk about the possibility of this or that, you know? There, there was like, more to talk about. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. I, and you're right. Like that, We keep sort of pointing to WandaVision because that's really all we have to compare it to. Right. Um, but if, if these other shows that we're going to be getting to see uh, from Loki, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Armor Wars, Secret Invasion, all these other shows that are coming out, if they're like Falcon Winter Soldier, we're we're in good hands. And you know, we we've, we've talked Absolutely. about it. I trust the MCU. They've earned that trust over years and years and years of, of world building and character development and great stories and action and just quality entertainment. I trust them. And if anything, if everything else is like this, we're in good hands. Absolutely. I agree. So that's it. That is that is the season of Falcon Winter Soldier. Um Thank you guys for tuning in and sticking with us if you have over these last six weeks or so. Um, it's been a lot of fun for me at least to have a show to watch and talk to a good friend with every week, something to look forward to. Um, and this was, this was a lot of fun. And so, you know, next week we don't have a show to review. Um, we'll, we'll still record. We'll see what we come up with. We don't really, we will definitely be back in some capacity. We've, we've, uh, we've workshopped some ideas. I think that we're just going to have a a nice hodgepodge of different things coming together. We will definitely have an episode for you though. But in the meantime, of course you can follow us on Instagram stream catchers pod or on Twitter at stream underscore catchers. Uh, we'll be, uh, retweeting, posting some stuff on there, getting excited for bad batch and, um, Loki and, yeah, I mean, uh, our, our social media is popping. We're, we're trying all we can with the social media stuff. <laughs> we're doing what we can, and um, we did get a follow on Instagram. I want to shout you out real quick. But like awesome. Jack said, we are, we are workshopping ideas. We will be back next week. Um, and, and afterwards, we'll pick right back up with our reviews on Bad Batch. We'll see what that gives us to talk about. Um, but shout out to uh, Noah Gregorick, who uh, – Hello. Gave us a follow on Instagram. Uh, hopefully Thanks, Noah. someday we will have too many followers to shout you out on the pod. But if you <laughs> follow, we will shout you out. We do appreciate the support. Um, it means a lot. And um, any last thoughts, Jack? Uh, DM your thoughts to us. We want to talk about uh, what you are thinking about the shows, uh, your feelings on these new characters, plots, everything. We, we want to we wanna reach out to you guys and talk about what you want to talk about. So word word yeah let us know what you thought you got the handles um we appreciate you guys and, and uh we'll be back next week take uh take care and keep on keeping on all righty catch you later <laughs>